This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Steve Vickers in Christian Life Church in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com. On our sixth, I believe, uh, session, uh, Fixing Us, our series on marriage. And uh, today we're going to talk about the subject of learning how to fight. Learning how to fight. Now, as we look at this, that may sound like, well, why would a church teach you how to fight? Because fighting, quarreling, conflict is a necessary part of two people becoming one. If you never have a disagreement, you'll never become one because you are not the same person when you get married. You're two people. The minister pronounces that you're one husband and wife. In the sight of God, you're one. But I'm telling you, it is a journey that you must take. And if you don't take this journey, then you'll never get there. If you don't take the journey, you're always going to be two people living in the same house, but never, ever becoming one. And underlying issues will always be there until in a with a heart of wanting the marriage to really succeed, you work out your differences to become one person, to become one in the sight of God and with each other. All right, so we're going to talk about learning how to fight. Now I want to, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, I'm pulling uh, my scripture. Usually we're going out of Ephesians. We've been basing this series here on Ephesians. Real quick, while they're pulling that up, let me say this. We have a book table uh, of some books uh, right there on the other side of the wall there, uh, just as you come into the auditorium. Uh, There's a table set up with some books for marriage. I would encourage every one of you to get, uh, or couples to get uh, one of those books. Avail yourself of it. You might want to buy several of them. Also, my wife has her book, Plastic Tulips in the Winter, uh, but all of these will be available there. You can purchase those after the service and help yourself. Listen, I'm always reading because I want information. You know, information gives me tools to work with. It doesn't change me, but if I can apply the information, if I'll use it, then it will change my life. Okay, it's not the information I have, it's the information I apply that makes a difference for me. So I love reading, gaining information, I encourage you to do that. All right, learning how to fight. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 it says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife, talking about Adam and Eve, here they have, in Genesis 3, they have just done what God said not to do. He gives them everything, provides this wonderful place for them, and and uh, uh, really puts them in the lap of luxury uh, without them having to do anything except for one thing. The only thing they had to do was not eat of a certain tree, the fruit of a certain tree that was in the middle of the garden. And God said, you can have anything else, do anything. I put it all here for you. Everything is for you. 
Just don't eat of that tree. Because you say, well, why did God do that? Because God wants us. He longs for man to choose him above everything else. To when our flesh wants something or some friends try to get us to do something. What God longs for. People say, why doesn't God just come down and stop things? God wants us to choose. Because he gave us the power of choice. Uh, unlike all the creatures of the earth who work by instinct, we work by our choices. We, today, you and I, are living in the sum of our choices. All right? And our tomorrows and our future will be determined by our choices. It is not quesera, Sarah. It is our choices. And so God wanted man to make a choice, to exercise that choice. And he wanted man to choose to say, even though my flesh may want this, even though it seems good, I choose what God said. All right? Well, they didn't. They went ahead and chose what they wanted. And so here we are. They've eaten the, the fruit. And all of a sudden, some things have happened. And we pick up right there when the cool of the evening, their cool evening breezes were blowing. The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. He, who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman. And all the men gave a a grunt. Mm. The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. In other words, it's your fault and her fault, not mine. And then in verse 16, God says to the woman, then, he, then God said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Well, there we have it. <laughs> and thus begins the great saga of the conflict between man and woman. And all the men and women said, Amen. Amen. And women know that if man would just listen to them, everything would be all right. And men think if she would just be quiet, everything would be all right. And uh, we go through that. It's so amazing how quick the passion of romance and, and when we are fall in love and that attraction we first have. And oh, wow, we're so, oh, wow. We just can't be around each other enough. But how amazing that passion to be with each other and to be, be romantic can be turned into passion of anger and resentment and conflict. So what we're talking about here is the agony and the ecstasy of love. There is nothing in this world that gives as much joy to the human psyche, the human heart, as love. And there's nothing that wounds and breaks the human heart as much as love. Now, we said 
earlier that conflict must be a part. Conflict, and I want you to, you might want to write this down. Conflict is a natural part of a growing relationship. Especially for young couples, if you think, we're fussing too much. Well, I'm going to help you to understand how you have to have that. Uh, just like a bodybuilder, he must use weight that, is, that creates a resistance. So his muscles are conflicting with the weight. They're pressing, they're pushing. And that's the only way that he can build muscle. The only way you can build a good, healthy marriage. Now listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. You may have been married a few months, been in Denise. Or you may have been married like Denise and I, 40, this August, 47 years or longer. Okay. Ed and Bunny, you've been married how long now? 51 years. Wonderful. But did you know it's never too late To learn how to do it right. And my thought is this. If you're going to spend your life with someone, why not make it good? So that both of you enjoy the journey, not endure it, and hate it. Conflict is the path, a part of the path. It's not the path, but it is a vital part. Some people say, What's wrong with us? I've had couples back when we, you know, we're counseling people. They'd say, I don't know what's wrong with us. We fight. And I'd say, well, that's good. You just need to learn how to fight. And you need to set some rules of engagement. It's the rules of how you're going to do this. And so that you can fight properly. So that you make it healing and healthy. And it becomes constructive, not destructive. The trouble is, see... We have to take a driver's test. We have to learn how to drive, but not learn how to be married. We can just go get married. As long as you fill out, you know, you get the license and, and the, somebody will marry you, you can get married. And we don't know what we're doing. We think it's natural. But I'm going to tell you what. There, yeah, it's, you could say it's natural, but you've got to learn how to do it. Or you're not going to be able to do it right. Conflict is a part of the path that two people must take on their journey to wholeness personally. You remember I said that marriage is the greenhouse where God grows you up as a person. And that's why Jesus said to stay single, you have to have a gift. Because if you stay single and you, God hasn't given you a gift of being single and you're just staying single because you, you like to play the field, You will never mature completely. You will be an old man, an old woman that still in a lot of ways is mature or emotionally mature and even socially mature like you were when you were in high school or college. I have friends that they thought they were cool. They were playboys, you know, and I got married and they stayed playboys through their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s. I mean, I'm almost 70. They're up there close to 70 with me. When I sit, when I communicate with them, it's like, it's all, I tell Denise, I feel like I'm in a time warp. I'm talking to a guy that I knew that acts the same and talks the same as he did when he was in the 12th grade. And I look at him and I think, you are a child. You're a 67-year-old child. You've never matured. 
You know, and I feel sorry for them. And you know why? Because they have not been put in a relationship where they stayed in that relationship that required them to grow up. So marriage and the conflict that we have in marriage is a journey to our personal wholeness and to our wholeness as a couple. When without it, we cannot truly become one. But now listen, when conflict is done wrong, now singles, listen to me. This is, I'm giving you tools so that when you do get married, when you do find someone you want to spend your life with, you'll already have some information to build it right. When conflict is done right or done wrong, it tears at the very heart of the relationship and it will eventually, or it can eventually, rip it apart. That's where we find, Denise and I find a lot of people that they're still married, but there's no marriage. There are two people that are together, but they are strangers and they have, and when you talk with them, when you're around them, we've been out you know, go out to eat with, I mean, like ministers. We have minister friends that are what I'm talking about because they would never take the time to learn how to fight and do it right so they could build something that would last a lifetime. Listen, you got one life. Why not make it the best? Why settle for less than the best? That is so wrong. All right, but we've gone out with couples our age, be sitting there, they're in the ministry, pastoring big churches and all that. And yet, we, as we're with them, you sense the underlying tension that is there. And it's not because they had a fuss on the way to us eating out. It's because they live with unresolved issues that have been there 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years within them. And every time they do have a spout, all of that vomits out and nothing can get corrected. And only every conflict becomes something that even separates them greater. And they're like two people living in two fortresses with no, man, no man's land in between. Healthy conflict, now listen to this, healthy conflict helps alleviate the fears, doubts, and innate suspicions that everyone has in a relationship. When you come into a relationship because you're human, all right? You say, but I'm a Christian. Yeah, but the trouble is you're a human Christian. And there's still a, a side of you that's very human. All right? And <clears throat> when every one of us, when we come into a relationship, there are some questions that are deep down inside that we will have. There are some fears of what could happen. There are some suspicions that are down deep inside. Now, we may not act on them. They not be, may not be the dominating part of our, our re relationship. But if they're never dealt with, they will eventually become that. Because those things are like cancers, left uncared for or untreated. Thank you. Untreated. They will, it will spread and eventually eat the marriage apart. And uh, then someone sits in the office and says, we're getting divorced. And I say, why? What is it? I don't know. We've just grown apart. 
I don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. It's gone. And that's the issue. I know that they had things inside that were never resolved. And conflict is going to be a course for settling that. Conflict arises out of our differences. Part of what attracted us to one another becomes a reason for our conflict. Uh, In two weeks, I'm going to be teaching on loving the stranger. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be excellent. Next week, we're talking about a subject none of y'all are interested in. It's SEX. But uh, the last week, we're going to talk about loving the stranger. And, and see, here's what we got to understand, that the very things that attracted us become the very things that can separate us. We're attracted because of our differences, and suddenly, they become the wall between us. They become the, 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 the chasms. In our relationship, if we don't understand how to do conflict, we are not the same. We have a different life. We have a different life experience, different views, different concepts, even sometimes different beliefs and goals in life. When we come together, there are usually similarities because we started dating and finding out someone that's really we feel similar to and have some similar things. But those are generally surface and they are not the depth because when you begin to build a relationship and all of a sudden you have to start plummeting the depths of each other's person and character and who they are and what they want and desire in life and all of that you all of a sudden begin to find places where the paths do not are not the same there is difference there is uh, separation And if those things aren't dealt with and understood and communicated and brought out into the open, then they become issues that separate us. And as this happens, we either grow apart or we grow into one. But now hear me. Conflict is a part of both. Conflict is a part of growing apart, but it is also a part of becoming one. Now listen to this. When conflict triggers strong feelings, it is a sign of a deeper personal need within the individual. If every time you two have a squabble, it all of a sudden becomes very emotional. One person becomes very emotional. And and you realize this is a little over the top for the fact that I brought the wrong type of coffee home. It's a little over the top. Now, you you laugh, but see, there's people that know exactly what I'm talking about. It may not be coffee, but the smallest issue creates a big response. When that is the issue, that is not the issue. Okay? And here's what you need to understand, both of you. And here's how you can help your mate, whether it's the woman or the man. Here's how you can help. By understanding, okay, we're dealing with something deeper here. That, the fact that I charge too much on the MasterCard is really not the issue. The fact that I brought the wrong type of potatoes home is not the issue. What is it? Let's talk. Let's communicate. Because I want us to be one. I want this to work. And there is something between us, there is something you and I need to understand about each other because there's something deeper we're not 
uh, looking at that we're not getting to. And let's find out what it is. Now, here's what it can be. And, and, I, and I want you to listen to me very carefully. Usually when we have that kind of response, when there is, and you may be the person that realized that something happens and immediately all kinds of emotion is triggered in you. When conflict happens, all of a sudden you get emotional and you're ready like, I don't know what it is, but I, I want to say, shut up. I don't want to deal with this or I want to, you know, slap you or whatever it is. You realize I do feel over the top. I do feel too much emotion. Then listen, here's what it is. These things come out of deep needs that every human being has. You're not immune to this. Every one of us have certain deep needs. And let me make this very plain. There is no quick fix. There's no magic formula. There's no three-step process that you do these three things and everything's good. There is, it is a journey that really has to be anchored and, and tied down with a lo- unconditional love to, for each other and a commitment by each person We're going to see this through. No matter what it takes, no matter what it costs us, no matter how hard it is, we're going to see this through. And that's what it takes. Now see, if you say, I don't want to get that deep into things, then let me tell you, you better find someone that's very surface because you're wanting to live surface. Let me tell you what happens in surface relationships. Surface relationships look good right here, but underneath, it's bad. And so there'll be other relationships that will be started with that relationship that are outside the relationship with other people to satisfy the deep need. Because if we don't meet the deep need of our partner, someone else will come along to do that. Okay, what are some of those deep needs? You might want to write these down because it helps you. The need to feel safe and secure. If we don't make our partner feel safe, secure. I'm not talking about physically, of course, there is that aspect. But I'm talking about where that you make them feel safe and secure emotionally. You make them feel safe and secure in love. In your love for them. That's why usually... One person you know, or both will do sometime or other, especially in the beginning of a relationship. And if it's, never, if it's never addressed, it'll go for years in a relationship. That is, we will push one another to an edge. And we're pushing to see if there is an unconditional love there. If you truly love me enough, because I want to feel safe in your love. I want to feel secure that no matter what happens, I'm in a safe place. My ship is in a safe environment, a safe harbor. And when the storms of life hit us, I will be safe. All right? So we, we must have that feeling, sense there's a deep need there to feel safe and secure. And when that is not met, It doesn't matter what the issue is. I'm going to react. If I feel unsafe and insecure in our relationship, then every time something comes up, I'm going to react. Not because of the thing, but because 
you have not, there is something inside me that is hurting, that is crying out, that only another individual can meet, I can't satisfy it. God made us to where that I can't satisfy that in myself. And someone says, well, God is enough. Wait a minute. Didn't Adam have God in the garden and they walked together, yet God said it's not good that he is alone? See, some of y'all are more religious than God. And that's part of your problem. God, God does it. God does it. God does it. Well, my friend, that's not the Bible I read. My Bible says some things I got to do, not God does it. God does his part, but I got to roll the stone away. He'll raise the dead. Moses had to stick this, put the rod over the water. God parted the waters. See, there's things we do. There's things God does. All right. So if you're not meeting that deep need of feeling safe and secure, then yes, I'm going to erupt. And it's going to be stupid. I realize that. But if you love me, say, wait a minute. I understand. There's something deeper here. And I want us to find out what it is. Let's talk about it. All right? Uh, Another one is respected and values. Ladies. Okay, let me back up. Guys, the first one. Everybody needs that. But women especially. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, be gender you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, I understand that uh, not trying to put people in boxes. But for many women, females, there is, and in men too, don't think men don't have this, but guys, they, our husbands, they need us to give them a sense of safety and security in our love. I mean, God really opens things up to us in Ephesians 5 where he says, Husbands, love your wives. He never told the wife to love her husband. Never. God never said a woman had to love her husband. But he says to the men, love your wife. Now, what does it mean? Is the woman not love her? No. He's getting us, giving us information on what their deep needs are. Are you hearing me? Because God made us. See, when God took man or took woman out of man, man had Everything in him, I'm not talking physical, I'm talking about in his emotional, internal makeup, he had everything there. But God took the female out of him. So there are things that a woman, deep things about a woman that a man doesn't have like her to, to the degree she does. There's things that a man that a woman doesn't have to the degree he does. See, a man craves respect. He craves, you know, just being respected and valued. And really, most men count that as love. All right? Uh, another one may be to, be a, to be loved and affirmed. See, some people were not parented correctly. And especially those that without a... See, a, there's a, 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 everyone needs a, a father, a male figure in their life that is a safe, good person because a male gives identity and uh, he helps to, he gives affirmation of who you are. All right? And so a lot of people have a deep felt need of loved, being loved and affirmed. Now that's just a few. I haven't got time to get in everything. 
because we could spend all time on that. Each of us have these certain needs. And they are not the same in every one. Like I said, there is no magic formula, no one size fits all. There is no individual on earth who does not have within them deep personal needs. So don't think you're the exception and don't think your mate is. The mate you have or the person you're sitting with right now, if you guys are building a relationship, I promise you, you have those some needs and they do. And that is why we need each other. We can decide to either be a part of the answer for our mate, hear me, or we can decide to be a part of the hurt. It's our choice. It's our decision. I love the words of the Brian Adams song, Inside Out. Listen to these words. I want to know you like I know myself. I'm waiting for you. There ain't no one else. Talk to me, baby. Scream and shout. In other words, go ahead. Let your emotions out. Let me hear. I'm all, you're safe here. You can scream at me. You can shout at me. Go ahead because I want to help you. I want to know you inside out. I want to dig down deep. I want to lose some sleep. It's worth staying up all night. I want to scream and shout. I want you to know what's inside me. I want to know you inside out. I want to take my time. I want to know your mind. You know, there ain't no doubt. I want to know you inside out. When you love someone, you should want what Brian Adams expressed. That should be your heart. I want to know you. Listen, I know that woman. But you know what? I'm still getting to know her. And one of the great, the great expedition of my life is exploring Denise. <clears throat> Denise just threw up in her mouth. Our daughter. <clears throat> I'm not talking about just her body. I'm talking about hush. I'm talking about who she is, the internals. And I'll tell you what, if you do that, you have a lot more access to the body, but let's go along. That's next week's subject. I think I'm on, next week I'll probably call it, I want to know your mind, but I still want your body. <laughs> Listen, when you demonstrate to your mate what I just talked about, that type of desire, that longing, that commitment of your life, you are well on your way to a healthy marriage, healthy relationship. Now, sometimes because of hurtful experiences in our past, we try to avoid conflict. We run from it. We consider it bad. I've heard preachers get up and say, I never have, my wife and I have never had a disagreement, never had an argument. I cannot stand that because it's so unreal and people, that's not where people live. And it creates a, a fantasy land that nobody can ever get to. And yes, you're perfect. We know you're perfect, but we are not. And so let's get a divorce, honey, because we can't make it. I'm not the preacher and you're not his wife. But let me tell you, 
Conflict is necessary. Now, you cannot run from conflict. You cannot refuse to have conflict and have a successful relationship. Successful conflict resolution depends on two core skills. Write these down. You have a job, hopefully, that you had to learn how to do. You learn to drive a car. You learn to ride a bike. You learn to write. You learn to do multiplication tables. You can learn how to do conflict. The two core skills it takes for healthy conflict resolution. It's one, the ability to manage stress in the moment. That takes maturity. Make a demand on yourself. I can't take it. I don't like it when people say, no, I can't, the stress, I can't, I can't deal with this. Well, you're never going to deal with life. Grow up. You may feel that way. Grab yourself and say, you were going to deal with this right now. It's unfair to your mate. It's unfair to yourself. The ability to manage stress in the moment. Uh, Joe, uh, uh, Joe Gaddis, the uh, keyboard, one of the keyboardists in the band, he's a pilot. Love you, Joe. Uh, and I am. And that's something you have to learn in uh, flying is because when, and you know, a lot of the training is over, uh, you know, difficult problems, situations, you know, unusual attitudes and all of that. And what you have to learn to do is control the stress of the moment so that you go through the steps of what, how you are to deal with that particular situation. If you can't, you shouldn't fly. And if you can't handle stress, You don't need to be married. You've got to have the ability to manage stress in the moment. And second, the ability to remain comfortable with your emotions you feel in that moment and to control them. You do not have to let your emotions control you. You can back up and control them. All right? If you develop these two skills, you will be able to make conflict constructive and you will be well on your way to building a healthy relationship. Now, let me close with our fighting tips. I'm going to teach you how to fight. All right? You ready? All right, I'd write these down. There are 452 of them. Actually, there's seven of them. Seven tips, seven keys for fighting healthy, for fighting right. Number one, make it about us winning, not about me. So it's not you versus me, it's us. Make a commitment to each other. And this is what I do without the fight, when you're not fussing, sit down and say, okay, let's, let's make this agreement. No matter what happens, no matter where we go in this marriage, no, no matter what the fight or the fuss may be about, here's my commitment to you. 
This is always about us winning and it's never about me. I may talk about me and I may be angry at you, but honey, I want you to know that what really matters to me is that we win, not me. And it's best to do that when you're not fussing because it's hard to do it when you are. Because when you're in the midst of it, it usually is about you winning. All right? But if you will make it about us and you assure your mate and they know it and you know it, that we're not out to destroy, to hurt one another. We're out to make us win. Now, if you, all you want to do is hurt your mate, then what you need to do is sit down with them and say, okay, the reason I want to hurt you every time we get in a fuss is because of a hurt that I have that's unresolved. And I want us to be honest about that. You said this or you did this sometime back and it deeply hurt me. All right? And be willing to listen to your mate. You may say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's what this is about? Well, then you've shut it off. Let me tell you how you do that. If Make a commitment to each other when that if that is the issue that you're fussing over past hurts, make a commitment to where you are willing to say, listen, this is not about that. It's about this that you did five weeks ago or a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago, whatever it may be, or you said that still hurts. I feel it. And guys, do not be afraid to say you're hurt. You won't lose your res- the respect. You're not going to come down out of manhood. If you lose your manhood over that, you haven't got much manhood. Be willing to wear pink once in a while. No. Uh, be man enough that you can admit that hurt me. Okay? That that you did, that you said three months ago, it still hurts. And that's why I react every time. And then both of you, when the person says that, don't say, are you kidding me? That? Oh, I didn't mean that. Well, listen. If it hurt them, to them it, you meant it. And if you love them, that's what matters. Not the fact that you're trying to save your ego. It's not about who, who gets the most points at the end of the match. It's about us becoming one. And if a, your mate says that, then look at them and say, well, I'm sorry. And you know what? I want, that, I want us to heal that. And I will never do that again. All right, number two, focus only on the present. Listen, you can solve your differences and your issues, but you cannot solve all of them all at once. Quit dragging up everything that's happened. Quit dragging up everything that's wrong. If you're fussing over the credit card bill, stick with that. And only deal with that and decide how you're going to resolve that. Nothing else. Everything else is off limits. Number three, listen for what your mate feels not just what they are saying because when we are in conflict, emotion is a very important part. We're to control it, but it's there. And most of the time we say something, but we feel a lot more or we feel something else. Seek to understand how your mate feels. Another one, number four, do not interrupt. While they're talking and And they may be yelling. Don't decide, well, I'm going to 
right now, put you in your place. Let them finish. You may not like what they're saying, but don't interrupt them. When you interrupt, you have just said, what you say does not matter to me at all. Number five, respect your mate. Respect them. Listen, argue, fight with respect. Don't act ridiculous. Don't act like an animal. You're not an animal. You're a man. You're a woman. Act like a human. Act like a person with some type of grace about them. Some type of dignity. You don't have to get down in the gutter and act like a tramp. You don't have to act like some street, uh, some uh, 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 pimp on the street or something. I picked the wrong word, but anyway, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. You don't have to all of a sudden just talk trash and get real low down and do all that. Respect your mate. Talk to them like you respect them. You're laughing. Number six. Let me go back to that respect. If you demonstrate respect for your mate when you're in a quarrel, if you respect their feelings and their words and their actions, you will resolve the conflict a lot quicker. Because much of conflict is about how I perceive you are feeling and committed to me. Number six, watch your nonverbal communication. Facial expressions, posture, gestures, tone. Denise, women, I, I think all women are, but Denise is very good at reading tone. She'll say, Steve, I'll say, what? Well, never mind. What's your problem? Nothing. What? Come on, go away, Steve. What? Steve, just leave me alone. What am I, what in the world am I doing? Anybody get what I said? Or she could say, Steve, I could say, yes, what? What? There's a world of difference. And guys, we, we got to be careful because we can get our tone can be at a place where we don't think anything of it, but they do. And so we need to be aware of that. Watch your tone. Sometimes the most important communication is not what's said, but what's shown. Number six, pick your battles wisely. Quit fighting over every little thing. Some things are not worthy of a conflict. When everything causes a fuss, there's a deeper core issue. Number seven, know when to step away. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. It takes two people to have a conflict. Sometimes, hear me, it's best to say, I hear what you are saying. I need just a few minutes to think about this. And then say, just give me a few moments. I will talk about it with you, but not at this particular moment. Don't say, I'm not talking about this right now, because you said a world right there, a world of things. Just simply say, I hear what you're saying, but give me a few moments to think about it. Then here's what I recommend. Go for a walk. Just take a little walk. And do this. 
I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to give you a powerful tool. I learned to do this when Denise and I were getting a divorce and God began to work in our lives and healed our marriage or brought us into a place of healing. I was praying about it and I said, God, help me. I don't know what to do. When you go for a walk, just say this. Say, God, I need help. Help me to hear what you want to say to me. Because right now, I feel a lot of things and I want to do what's right. I don't want to hurt this relationship. When I was at that place, God told me this. Now listen, when I say God told me, I didn't hear a voice out there. It sounded like my voice. It was just a thought within me. But I knew, well, that's not my thought. And the thought was this. If you will listen to me, hear me. Here's what it came. If you will listen to me, I will teach you how to react and respond to everything Denise says. And you will, it will heal the marriage. And I said, okay, God. I said, I'm willing to, but you've got to help me. And Denise would, we'd be in the heat of conflict. And all of a sudden, just a thought would come to me. A thought. And it would be in my voice and would say, look her in the eye and simply say this. Baby, I hear what you say. And I am sorry that what I said or what I did, whatever it may be, that what I said hurt you that deeply. I am going to change. Be patient with me. And let's work this out. And when I would say something like that, sometimes Denise would keep on, but I could tell that the fire was burning out because most of the time she just stood there and looked at me because she was kind of shocked. Because how do you retaliate when the other person drops their hands? Are you just going to go ahead and keep hitting them? Are you, most people are going to say, come on, man. And we started doing that. You go for a walk. I'm telling you, the greatest marriage counselor you'll ever find is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you He will talk to you. But now listen. The Bible says he's a still, small voice. And all he does is whisper. If you hear a shout, it's either you, your mate, (laughs) or the enemy. But the Holy Spirit is a whisper. But I promise you, his whisper is greater and more powerful than the shouting of your flesh, of the world, or anything else. The Holy Spirit, when you leave this service, my voice will end, but His voice will continue because He's working to help each one of us become all that God wants us to be. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com.